Hello, this is Gary Hutchins with the Sunny Slope Church of Christ in Omaha, Nebraska. This is today's Bible class, a short daily Bible study, about 13 minutes long each day, that gets us into God's Word and thereby helps us to stay strong in our faith and even grow in our faith since faith comes by hearing the Word of God, Romans 10 and verse 17. We encourage you to share these short studies every day with everybody you can. You know people in your life who need to think about their soul's salvation. They need to turn the focus of their life around and get in touch with God. Well, being in God's Word every day helps us to stay in focus on our relationship with God and helps us to be thinking about our souls, help those people make those changes in their life. You can share with your friends, your family members, your work associates, your neighbors, with everybody you can every day. You can do that through Facebook friends, text messages, and other technological means, but make that commitment and start sharing. You may help somebody turn their life around. You may help somebody even get to heaven. What a great blessing for them, but also a great blessing for you. So start sharing with everybody you can today and every day. We're going to get back into our line of thought and study. We have been asking the question, why do bad things happen to good people? Well, a question that is in the minds of a lot of people on an ongoing basis throughout time, basically, and certainly today as well. A lot of bad things are happening out there. A lot of people wonder, why did it happen to my father? Why did it happen to my sister? Why did it happen to my child? Why did it happen to my friend over there or to my work associate. They're good people. Why did, why did that bad thing happen to them? Well, we talked about that. Bottom line answer, sin. In the second section, we talked about, well, not everybody we see as being good are truly good people in God's eyes. We need to recognize that goodness is on the basis of God being the standard of goodness. So if we are thinking about somebody being truly good, we need to ask ourselves, are they living a godly life? Not just saying they believe in God, but are they living by God's teachings communicated to us in his word? So we have a skewed vision of goodness a lot of times. In the third section, we looked at a number of different contributing factors as to why bad things happen even to good people, truly good people, sometimes. In this second part of our focus and study, we have turned the question around in reverse. And we've asked, why do good things happen to bad people, truly bad people? Why do good things happen to them? Well, we looked at Psalm 73, we looked at Psalm 10, and a number of other passages of Scripture, and we noted that what seems to be the case on a surface level kind of viewing is not always the true case. And even though we may look at some people who we know, and it's obvious by the way they're living their lives, that they're not trying to live godly lives. They're not faithful to God. They're not following or patterning their lives by God's word and his teachings. They're living in sin. But things seem to be going great for them. And maybe I'm trying to do the best I can to live a truly godly life, and boy, I keep struggling all along the way. Well, God is keeping score, so to speak. Bad people 
evil, wicked people, sinful people, they're not pulling the wool over God's eyes. He's all-knowing. He's all-seeing all the time. And so ultimately, there will come a time, a day, when they will be held accountable by God. On that day, that will be their, well, from military terms, <laughs> you know, you talk about, ah, that was their Waterloo right there. Well, that's going to be, from a spiritual perspective, their Waterloo. That's going to be the time when all of a sudden, what seemed to be going so great for them while they were living in wickedness, they're going to be faced square in the face with the reality of what God expected from them. All will appear before the judgment seat of Christ and give account of the things done in the body, whether good or bad. 2 Corinthians 5 and verse 10, including the wicked. So they're on a slippery slope as long as they keep going down that pathway of sinfulness and evil and wickedness, unrighteousness, ungodliness. And if they don't turn that around, if they don't turn their lives around, if they don't repent and come to God through Christ, they're going to fall over the edge into eternal condemnation in hell. Well, in this closing section of this more general study, I want us to look at a number of specific factors that contribute to the appearance that, in the immediate moment, good things happen to bad people. We talked about how Jesus he talked about in, in Matthew chapter 5, verses 43 through 45. You have heard that it was said, you shall love your neighbors and hate your enemy. Hmm. Jesus says, no, that's not what you should do. But I say to you, love your enemies. Bless those who curse you. Be good to those who hate you and pray for those who spitefully use you and persecute you. What? Our enemies? Yeah, that's what Jesus said that you may be sons of your Father in heaven. For he makes his Son to rise on the evil and on the good, and sends rain on the just and on the unjust. For if you love those who love you, what reward have you? Do not even the tax collectors do the same? Unrighteous people, they like other unrighteous people, that does not change their unrighteousness. And so Jesus says we need to be the example. I pointed out in 2 Peter chapter 3 and verse 9 that Peter the apostle wrote that God is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Why? Because God loves all of humanity. He created all of us in his image, Genesis chapter 1, verses 26 and 27, with a soul. His ultimate desire is for all of us to be with him in heaven. But he won't make us travel down that road. He leaves the choice up to us. But he lays out for us the ultimate blessing of walking with him in faithfulness and godliness versus the ultimate condemnation of walking away from him in sin, unrighteousness, ungodliness. When Jesus extended the great invitation, it was to everybody. He offers forgiveness and salvation to everybody who will come to him. He is the Savior of all mankind. 
all who will come to him as the Savior. He said, come unto me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. Who? All of us. Now, let's not get haughty. Let's not get arrogant. Because all of us have been sinners in need of forgiveness. Remember what the Apostle Paul wrote in Romans chapter 3 and verse 23. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Now that means you and me as well. In verses 9 and 10, there is none righteous. No, not one. And we read that same basic message a number of times in New Testament scripture. So we need to recognize I needed forgiveness myself and how thankful I am that a loving God was there ready to forgive me through my loving Savior, Jesus Christ. In John chapter 3, John chapter 3, and I want us to look at verse 27. John chapter 3 and verse 27. Notice again what our Lord said along this line. John 3, verse 27. John answered and said, I'm sorry, John is saying this. John answered and said, a man can receive nothing unless it has been given to him from heaven. A man can receive nothing unless it has been given to him from heaven. Well, how does James put that basic principle? James chapter 1 and verse 17, every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow of turning. In other words, God is consistent. And so anything that is truly good that we have in our life is a blessing from God. Now, a lot of times, see, we lose sight of that reality, and we think, I did it, I got it, I made it, I accomplished it, I achieved it. But whatever abilities we had, to be, able to, main, to, to be able to achieve whatever that good thing is, that's ability, those are abilities from God. Everything that is truly good in our lives is a blessing from God. So there is nothing that we have that is truly good that we just accomplished all by ourselves, on our own, with no benefit, no blessing from God. If it's truly good, it's from God. It's a blessing from God. In 1 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 7, the Apostle Paul wrote this. A woman of Samaria, I'm sorry, I'm in the wrong place here, I apologize. 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 7. For who makes you differ from another? And what do you have that you did not receive? Now, if you did indeed receive it, why do you boast as if you did not receive it? Well, we need to kind of swish that around in our head a little bit, don't we, to get the full depth of meaning. Paul is saying here, again, just like, just like John said, just like James said, what did you do that was completely, totally on your own, by your own power? What have you accomplished that is truly good without God? Nothing. Nothing. 
You need God for the very air that you breathe. You need God for your health that is sufficient to be able to enable you to accomplish what you would consider to be good things in your life. Anything that is truly good, ultimately we can trace that back as being a blessing from God. And so, why do good things happen to bad people? God cares about bad people. And each person needs to humbly recognize God is the source of the truly good things in his life. And when we recognize that fact, that should motivate us to serve God. You see, God has a purpose for what he does. And so he does send his son on the just and the unjust and his reign on the just and the unjust. He blesses the unjust at times and his motive is to help them see that they depend on God for those good things. And that should motivate them to come to God. We'll look a little bit deeper next time. Let's pray. Father, help people to open their eyes to see the truth as to where or from where their good things, their truly good things come. And help them to recognize that and that be a motivation for them to turn to you through Jesus Christ for forgiveness and salvation. We pray this, Father, and help us to keep this ultimate reality in our minds as well. Please forgive us, gracious Father. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.